This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Psalm 77, he said, I cried out to my God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. It's important that that we actually speak, we actually deal with with what's going on in our heart and our mind with God uh, directly and, and speak to him. He, the psalmist here, Psalm of Asaph, he, he goes into, it's important to, to voice what's going on. A lot of people want to keep things inside that need to be let out. And the truth is a lot of people let things out that they ought to keep in. But the issues of the day and the issues of the hour and how that is impacting you, how that's relating you is a good thing. And and oftentimes, in fact, your feelings and the way you feel about a situation, you need to air out and speak out and say aloud. Because sometimes in hearing them, you realize that maybe you're your emotions, the emotive side of your soul is wrong. You may realize that, oh, that doesn't sound real good coming out of me. And it helps you. And it's very helpful. And that's why having a counselor or something like that it can be very helpful because oftentimes counselors are just getting you to speak out what your issues are. And, uh, and then as you say them and you hear yourself saying them, you realize the answer. Well, why would we first go to them when you have the opportunity to go to God because um, God's all-knowing and he is intimately knowledgeable about you. And he has things that he can actually say that have great value to you uh, personally because he knows you. And so he says, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. So is it a negative thing to seek God out in a time of trouble? Absolutely. It is the thing we should do. In fact, trouble oftentimes is God's way of changing, making complete, making whole, growing up. That's what we should do. In the day of his trouble, I sought the Lord. We should seek God out in our day of trouble. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing, meaning I was begging for God's help day and night, not just during the day, but at night. And oftentimes you can know how much you are troubled about a situation by how well you sleep. And and remember, that doesn't necessarily determine the gravity of the situation, just determines how much it is affecting you. And sometimes very minor things affect people very heavily. And sometimes very major things that they've given over to the Lord affect them very little and they sleep really well. And so oftentimes how much you sleep and how that is on your mind when you wake is indicative of how much it matters to you, how much it's affecting you. And something that shouldn't affect you very much, but is affecting you greatly at night is a great sign that you need to deal with that because maybe God's dealing with some, working something out in your life, working some truth out in your life. And it matters, even though the actual weight or gravity of the situation is not that much but it struck a chord with you. It may be something that you really actually need to deal with personally. 
And so dealing with those things personally may be, may be a great value to you. And the situation God's allowed to develop for, because it's so much, is specifically for you. And so he says, my soul refused to be comforted. And, and wow, what a line there. It's a line that says, I can't be consoled in this thing. I needed an answer. I needed to work this thing out. And working something out is, is, is powerful. It is a powerful thing in your life. It's, it's one of the things God used to work it out. And God uses as a barometer of the gravity of the situation is how well you sleep with it. He says, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. What he's saying is, is that even when I brought God in it, I was still troubled. And, and I complained uh, to God and I, was and, and I was overwhelmed. I complained in my spirit. Uh, a lot of times people think you, you can't be complaining to God. No, you can. You absolutely can. Now, remember, God has the right to, to like he did with Job, stand you up in front of him and give you a correction that that is meant for your maturity. But you have every right to complain to God about certain situations. In fact, I would say that God would way more prefer you to come complaining to him about a situation so that he can deal with you on that situation rather than you just going off and sulking in the corner about it. And there's no need to sulk in the corner. If you if you have a situation, you need to go to God and, and once you get a get a get a piece about what God's answer is, you need to do it. And sulking in the corner really doesn't help and it doesn't do anybody any good. He says, I remember God, I was in trouble. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You hold my eyelids open. Notice God's the one keeping him awake at night. It's not him. God's keeping him awake at night. He says, I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. And you know what? Sometimes situations are so terrible that you really can't talk about it. You, it's, it's, and remember the amount of difficulty and terror may be very specific to you. It may be very specific to you. And it may be very specific to you for a purpose, for a reason. And God working that out in your life, you might have five people that are in the same situation, the exact same situation. They're a part of that situation. And each one of them have something to get out of it, something to grow out of it. One is really just struggling immensely. That person usually is has something that they really need to get figure it out in their life or get a piece about. Three other people, it's just another day in paradise. It's just, a, it's just another step on the trail. That's likely because they've dealt with that before or they have an understanding of who they're supposed to be in God's plan in those situations. And then the other one could, could care less, could care less at all. They don't even care about the situation. That's the person you might even, you, that's the person that might be the one who's in the most danger, the one who, who has no, no idea, no care, do, doesn't even realize it exists, no self-awareness in the situation. So you got the person who has no self-awareness and then the person who is just being anguish over it. The one in anguish over it, God's at, he's hoping, keeping their eyelids open. He's the one actually dealing with it. He says, he's, and, and they may not even be able to talk about it. I've considered, considered the days of old the years of ancient times, what he's saying is I thought back on the stories and the things that I've been told from the past. And let me tell you, that is a pathway to understanding. And how do we get those things? We know this word right here and we know those stories. I'm going to tell you, one of the, one of the main ways God teaches me is relating my situation to circumstances 
that were very circumstances that had some similarities with biblical stories, with ideas and things that I've seen in, in, in the Word of God. And, and it is a huge of things that God can draw upon that are directly from His heart, His Word, and they help me, they help me take the situation and frame it in the proper way. Frame it where it should be. Frame it in truth and in love, but also in, in, in mercy and grace and wisdom. And so he says, I have considered the days of old, the years of the ancient, of the ancient times. He says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Now, I'm going to tell you, singing and whenever you're really struggling, maybe to sleep over something, playing a little worship and getting into worship, this is a, this is like a, a therapy session that Asaph is going through and he's explaining it out. He says, he says, I call into remembrance a song at night. Remember, those songs can strengthen you. They can give you, they can give you power and motivation to do what God has told you to do, to move into that situation and deal with it. I meditated within my heart. He said, and I was singing and I was meditating. And he says, and my spirit makes diligent search. My spirit is in there, it's searching, it's looking, it's, it's trying to find how to tie off the situation to God's will and God's word. He says, will the Lord cast off forever? Now, and then he begins to ask questions. Is this going to destroy me? Is it going to cast us off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Those are uh, questions that we know the answer to. Those are those are questions that, that is obvious from his word. He doesn't cast us off. He's not going to be favor, favorable. He's gonna, not going to withhold his favor forever. Has his mercy ceased forever? No, they're not. It, is, am I lost because he lost me? No, God can't lost you. I know that's grammatically incorrect, but he can't. God cannot lost you, okay? He he knows everything, so he don't lost you. Just just say it, okay? He says, has his promise failed forevermore? No, God's promises do not fail. What a great group of questions here. And that comes from that worship that comes from that diligently seeking in God's word. I call to, verse six, I call to my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent research. What he's talking about is I, I, I worship. I, I meditated on what God says and I searched through his word for an answer. And I realized that God doesn't cast off forever. He, his faith, he, he's not going to withhold his favor from me. His mercies don't cease. He, his promises don't fail. Has God forgot to be gracious? No, he has not. Has, he, has his anger shut up his tender mercies? No, his tender mercies are always his desire, not his anger. And I said this in my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. What he's saying is I'm going to remember the years of the power of God at work in my life, whether that be from scripture in the past or whether I actually have uh, memory, I have uh, standing stones to remember God's uh, provision in the past. Whatever it be, whether it be the word of God and remembering his works from ancient times or whether it be actually remembering God's work in my life to the present, I'm going to remember those. He says, I'm going to remember the works of the Lord. Surely I'll remember your wonders of old. He's good. It says, I'll also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. He's going to talk about what God does. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary, meaning you cannot find God's will unless you are in his holy sanctuary. And now, can you do that on your own privately? Absolutely can. But sometimes in life, it's very difficult to do that privately. 
because we're so heaped in anguish and pain. And so we need to be with other believers where they can sing the power of God over us, where they can pray the power of God over us. And then where you can have the word of God washing and cleansing you and, and getting you out of that mess so that then boom, God can pluck you out and give you strength and move you forward. And so oftentimes you need to enter his gates with thanksgiving with a whole big group of people. That's why it's important that believers not not fail to assemble themselves. And that doesn't come with any caveats. By that Paul didn't say, but you cannot assemble yourself if this and this. That came with no caveats because you will be alone, you will be vulnerable, and you will be under direct attack from the enemy if you do not meet regularly with other believers because that is that is your place of safety and refuge. It is the place where God shows up. It's where the place it's the place where God meets, and it's the place where His power comes down. And sometimes in a way that you cannot replicate on your own by yourself. And many times that way, He said, "You are the God who does wonders." You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. And notice all those ideas are not just individuals. They are mainly corporate ideas. He says, you are the God of who does wonders. Who is so great as a God as our God, meaning in the sanctuary. You are a God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples, multiple peoples. You declare your strength among the, the congregation. He says, you have within your arm redeemed your people. He said, you've redeemed us together. He says, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, the waters uh, saw you, O God, the waters saw you, they were afraid, meaning, meaning that the waters obey God themselves. He says, the clouds poured out water and the sky sent out sound and the arrows also flashed about, meaning this is just a, a horror story of the waters rising, the the thunder and the lightning and the arrows of the enemy. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind, he says, and the lightning lit up the world and the earth trembled and shook. This is how God quickly and easily and powerfully deals with things. You, your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And what is he talking about? He's talking about God parting the Red Sea. What he's saying is, I remember back when there seemed to be no way they had Pharaoh's armies and his chariots pressing down on them, and they had their back to the sea, and there was no escape, and there was only going to be calamity and death. And when that happened, God's power, the clouds formed, his power was made available he, he, his voice was in the thunder and the lightning, and then he parted the Red Sea, and he made a way through the sea. He made a highway through the sea where there was no highway. He made a road through the sea where there was no uh, way out, and he parted that sea, and he brought his people across the sea on dry land. And then when Pharaoh's army came after him and chased after them, when they all were in the in, in between the walls of water, God shut the waters up on them and destroyed them. And that's a remembrance of God making a way where there seemed to be no way. Uh, that's what God does. He makes a way when there seems to be no possible way. And, and that happens, that way is revealed to us 
through going through these situations of trouble, dealing with God, searching him out in worship, searching him out in, in our work, in his word and searching him out in his actions and activities and things that he's done in our past. And those are the three ways he, he reveals himself to us and in his strength. And you can do that individually by yourself on your own, but it is far more powerful. It is far, far more powerful when you do it corporately and when the congregation is together and when the enemy is dispersed and, and expelled from the place because uh, true worship of God is there and they cannot stand to be in that presence. And then the holiness of God reveals itself and God reveals himself through his word. And then he reveals himself to the individual, both, both through the worship, both through the word, and then also through his works of the past and his relationship with you that has already been and the things that he's already done. And he shows you his way. And that's what this, that's what this psalm is about. This psalm is about God making a way where there, there would at every, every sense would tell us there is no possible way to get out of that. And God proves that he does make a way. And what a good song to start Monday morning with. What a great song to start when we got to whatever, tropical, hurricane, tornadoes, whatever. It's a great way to realize that God is at work and that God has a specific method methodology for how he leads you into understanding. And he uses trouble and difficulty to get your attention. He uses his word and worship to, to focus you. And then he also uses his work in your life in the past as a point of remembrance so that if it's a new work he's about to do, that you trust him in the new work. And if it's him, him bringing you to remembrance of an old work so that you trust him more in that situation, that you'll hear him also. He does those things. That's how he does it. And that method, that understanding helps us see that God is, he's a God of, he's a God of the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's consistent. He's a God of consistent consistency. And <clears throat> he did this for the men and women that were his people before Asaph. He did it during the times of Asaph and David. He did it during the times of Jesus. And he does it even during the times we live in today. And he has not changed he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore because he's an eternal being. He does not, he's not confined by time. And he is, uh, he is always at work. The question is, are you listening? Are you learning? Are you understanding? And what a great just path through the way God opens our eyes and allows us to see things that Asaph has given us in the perfect Psalm, Psalm 77. Perfection upon perfect is the numbers. Tomorrow we'll have perfection upon new beginning, Psalm 78. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.